internet, you're tuned in to episode 19 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where four, sometimes two, lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. What's up? Are we back on the Slackcast? Like, do we travel through time and space? Yeah, like episode 53, <laughs> fam. Episode 53, fam. We're back. Uh, so he's gonna call me Kakarot, he'll probably say some shitty things about water Pokemon, it'll be, it'll be an all-around bad time for me, Let great me just time for you. get this out of the way now, water Pokemon is tr- are trash, Piccolo's the second best dad on Dragon Ball Z, um, what else are Pete's triggers? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, if you pick Charmander, you're a basic bitch, and Vegeta's mustache made him look silly, so, there you go. Came very close <laughs> to throwing my drink at you, but then I realized that would just explode my laptop and not punish you in any meaningful way. <laughs> all right, so with all that, uh, you know, ribbing out of the way, I suppose, let's kick the show off the way we always do by talking about what we're playing this week. I'll go first just because it's I very short list. I had a bunch of, you know, like personal things to do this week, so very little time for gaming. And uh, all I really played was Sonic Mania. Um, I'm pretty much right at the end. I, I got really stuck on, um, it's like oil something. I forget the name of the, um, the world, but it's like the oil levels. If you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, I got really stuck at the boss of that for a long time. Finally beat it. And, uh, I got one, one world left to go before the final boss. So I'm thinking I'll finish that up in the next day or so. And then, uh, probably get to all the stuff I said I was going to beat this week. <laughs> so... <laughs> next okay. week come back to me for hot takes on uncharted and uh life is strange hot takes i'm gonna hold you to that like if your takes aren't hot if they're only medium you're done we're gonna have a problem you're done it slack and slash industries <laughs> oh wow did i just call that slack and slash i'm done you did <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's been like a super long week for me uh busy week at school been dealing with some personal stuff and traveling a lot. But while I was driving back to New Jersey from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., I started up my Earthbound file again. Got back nice. on that grind. Very um, good. I'm still trying to catch up to where I was in my last file before I lost the DS I was playing it on. But mm, I forgot about that. It's still fun. It's still definitely like a special game. You know, it's Earthbound. It's weird. It's funky. It's got that mid-90s look at America through Japanese eyes. Which is, like, hashtag your aesthetic. <laughs> no. Yeah, but, like, don't patronize me with hashtags. No. <laughs> patronize them with your hash browns. You're a hash brown. Wow. Rude. What? No, it's, I mean, hashtag Andy Brown, hash brown. I don't know. There's something That's, there. Uh, you're, you're reaching, I think, but we'll <laughs> allow it. That's all you've been doing this week? Yeah, um... Yeah, that's all I really like. You know, the usual, some League, some PUBG, um, a sure. little bit of Splatoon. Uh, apparently, the Japanese Splatfest is asking people to choose fries or McNuggets, and I can't, like, I can't be put into that position. It's just not fair. McNuggets. Oh, really? Mc fucking nuggets. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. McNuggets are, like, the penultimate uh, McDonald's food, in my mind. <sighs> like, their fries are good, but the McNuggets are something special. Okay, well, I guess we can agree to disagree. You go with the fries? Oh, yeah. I like, I, I'll see you on... <laughs> I struggle with it, but I'll see you in hell. I'll see you on the Japanese battlefield. <laughs> Alright, so what we gotta do is we gotta make new accounts with the Japanese eShop, and then we can log in in Splatoon and play there. I mean, we gotta learn Japanese, make new accounts with the Japanese eShop, download the Secret of Mana collection. I think we can do this. I believe We're in capable. us. We have the technology, <laughs> the skills. We can do this. We're American heroes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for me, though. Nothing, you know, real branching out. Got some new games on Humble I'm uh, excited to branch out to. Speaking of that, uh, I'm going to jump ahead real quick because before we get into the rest of the show, I'm bringing back a fake segment that is going to become a new segment we introduced a few weeks back uh, that I'm calling PSA, where I'm going to give you all a heads up about some things that don't quite belong in the news. Okay. So, um... Andy, you're the one who gave me a heads up on this one, but if you subscribe to Humble Monthly for October, you can actually pick up Rise of the Tomb Raider for only 12 bucks. So, Andy, why don't you give the elevator pitch on that, because I know you're a huge fan of that game. Rise of the Tomb Raider. I throw this around a lot. Um, nice modern take on a Metroidvania. I, honest to God, find myself saying that more and more in the games I play. 
um, playing Prey the other night, thought about it. I was like, oh, it's got some Metroidvania in it. And then I'm like, wow, I really sound like a tool when I compare every action-adventure game I like to a Metroidvania. <laughs> but Rise of the Tomb Raider really does do the Metroidvania thing. Um, you're constantly getting new gear, new abilities, backtracking to get into the older parts of the game that were uh, difficult for you to get to before, or impossible even, because it's a Metroidvania. It's tight action-wise. Um, the story is fine, but kind of predictable. If you've ever seen an Indiana Jones movie, you can see every twist coming from a mile away, but it, like, mm. doesn't matter because it works, if that makes sense. Sure. It's, it's you know, not breaking any new ground, but it is, it's fun. Uh, would super recommend to anybody, especially at that price point, and especially when there's new games coming after it. So the way Humble Monthly works, uh, you sign up, you get an early unlock game right away. So in this month, it's Rise of the Tomb Raider. A couple months ago, it was NBA 2K17 and Pillars of Eternity. And then on October 1st, in this case, you'll get an email from Humble that's like, the rest of the games are here. And you'll get another like $100 worth of usually indie stuff. But it's like, it's a super good bargain. I've been doing it since May now, and I really enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. So that's your PSA. If you guys want to write in and uh, let us know what you're playing this week or give us your own PSA, you can hit us up at our email address, thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow our sister show at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date on all the stuff we've got going on here at the Pals Network. Does social media get sold? Is it like a buy and sell kind of thing? It's just like Blockbuster. Oh, so it's an obsolete business model that's just going to lead to the downfall of the brand? <laughs> and if you're an audio listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you guys could give us a like on your platform of choice or, you know, jump over to iTunes where we're currently a five-star rated podcast. Give us a rating over there. Really help us out. And if you're over on YouTube, you can, you know, like the video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We've got a ton of really cool exclusive YouTube content coming up. Uh, including um, our first piece of YouTube exclusive stuff, which is our History of the Defenders video and our new series Behind the Books, which if you haven't checked out already, we would really appreciate it if you went and uh, gave it a watch. It's only 10 minutes. Yo, check that noise out. It's really cool. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's like it's uh, – I would really love it if you guys would just let us know what you think about it. And if you want to see us do more, you want to see us some, do some video game stuff like that, let us know. Give us your ideas. We'll be happy to hear them. And then, you know, as always, the best thing you guys can do to help out the show is, um, you know, share it with your friends, your pals, so they can become our pals too. Let us know, let them know that we're out here and that you like what we're doing. Uh, so before we get into the news, uh, I'm going to give us a buy or sell for this week, which since this was the return of the dynamic duo here, I have a very Pete and Andy centric show planned for us. But number one, are we the Nintendo pals? We, oh, come on. We've always been Nintendo bros. You know that. It's true. I mean, people legit emailed um, our old podcast, the Slackcast, to say, hey, Nintendo's great and all, but either start a Nintendo podcast or talk about other video games. <laughs> so we did, but uh, this week, I mean, hey, we're talking about other things, but we're, we're getting some Nintendo in here just because it's what I want to do. So the buy or sell this week is going to be Mario or Zelda. Oh, you're a motherfucker. I've been sitting on this one for a while, and I saved it because I knew if Thompson and Sean were here, they'd be, you know, it would be easy for them to be like, oh, Zelda, or oh, I don't really care, whatever. But, like, I know you, like me, are, like, you know, really into both of these series and, you know, love entries across the whole franchise. So I, I knew this would be hard for the both of us. All right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to say, without too much, like, hesitation in my heart, Zelda. Um, Like, Mario's obviously, you know, it's the Mario series. Sure. It's big, it's important, it's ridiculously, you know, monumental. But it doesn't do for me what the Zelda series does on, like, a personal connection level. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Love Mario. Uh, Mario and Luigi. Luigi's my video game hero. But, like, I don't think anything in video gaming will come close to the way Ocarina felt the first time I played it. Sure. Just that whole big sense of adventure, the sprawlingness, the like the promise of going out into Hyrule Field the first time, you know? Absolutely. It's without peer. And while yes, Zelda's great. Or Mario's great, sorry. Thinking Zelda, talking Mario. Mario's great and Mario's super important in the history of gaming. And I won't try and take that away, but Zelda's where my heart is. I mean I, I definitely get that. I respect that choice. Um and 
I agree with everything you're saying, which is why it's so hard for me to say I think I'd have to pick Mario. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give the qualifier here too. Like, I have a Zelda tattoo. Like, I love <laughs> Zelda, but like, in the same way that you make that case for Ocarina, I have those feelings about Super Mario World. That being like, you know, the first video game I ever really played. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I have such a attachment to that that game uh in like a very like just like kind of primal way you know like it's it's so nostalgic for me and like it really um you know it, it tugs at uh a really special place for me so you're, you know you're saying that super mario world is your far cry primal yeah yeah that's what i'm saying it made you an <laughs> italian caveman <laughs> but uh yeah and, and i think you know when I look across those those series, there are, you know, pound for pound, like, they're they're both, you know, among the greatest franchises of all time. But I do think that Mario is a little more consistent than Zelda. Like, hmm. as much as I like um, Zelda 2, I don't think it is as good as either game on the game on either side of it. And I think um, when you get past the N64 era, some of the... 3D Zeldas become a little, ooh, excuse me, uh, become a little formulaic. You talking and shit on fucking Skyward Sword, man? Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, uh, yeah, like, those games are, like, they're fine, but I don't think that they're, like, up to the quality of Zelda. I hear you, but I don't, like, I really liked twilight princess um and a lot of people do a lot of people skyward do. sword i think is admittedly um it's got some missteps but i think it is still a pretty fun game and it is like it's the black sheep of the series in the way that for a long time mario sunshine was i was about to make that comparison yeah i feel like that's totally fair but like mario has one game like that i think zelda only has one game like that that's fair. You really because you like Twilight Princess. I feel like that's in that camp, but it's not as bad at all. Yeah, I don't know. That's like Twilight Princess is like one of my favorite Zelda games. Love me some Midna. Love me some like actual personal attachments to the starting people. Yeah, that's legit. Um, love that like the whole quest for Link is personally motivated, and not just you know, oh here's some starting motivation. Now you got to go save Hyrule. And that, destiny yeah and like that's fine but that moment in twilight princess where you're like hunting for your friend who gets kidnapped the whole game and you find her and she has no idea who you are it's heartbreaking yeah yeah it's true um it, you know it's interesting to me because like it's it's funny that i i do feel like such a emotional attachment to the super mario brothers series even though it isn't like that kind of experience at all like i've definitely had more emotional reactions because of zelda but um i don't know man there's just uh just i just like, like so i've had so many good times with mario games you know i get you i get you it's like the moment when you first jump on a goomba's head like that's that's emotional you know that hits you right where you live. You're, I mean, like, <laughs> it's true, man. Like, I'm sorry, World 1-1, man, in Super Mario Brothers is, like, one of the finest opening level, like, pieces of game design ever, you know? Like, there's just, I don't, there's so much thought put into those games, and, like, they're very simple, but they're also very, like, stylish and well-executed and, like, you know, I don't know, on an aesthetic level, they really succeed as well. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm mostly busting chops. No, I know, I know. It's a fifty-one forty-nine split here for me. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. I, it's and it's just enough, you know. Yeah. But all right, so that's gonna wrap it up for our buy or sell. Again, if you want to send us in one, please drop us a line at the video game pals at gmail.com. We'll read it on the air. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to send us an email that's like, you know what? I'd sell both of those and buy Metroid, the secret third choice. Fuck yeah, yourself. I mean, if you can make a case, well, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. If you can make a case for it. I'll read it on the air and I'll tell Andy to go fuck himself. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I'd have earned it at that point. But, like, make me earn it, Internet. <laughs> All right, but uh, I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! All right, so we've got a uh, pretty, pretty decently sized news list this week. Seven items on it. Uh, item number one is that PUBG finally has its first AAA competitor. 
in the way of GTA's online Motor Wars game mode. So uh, this Motor Wars just came as part of the game's most recent patch, which was titled Smuggler's Run, which is hilarious. Um, but Motor Wars is basically Battlegrounds built within the GTA 5 engine. So uh, here's the short description from GTA Online's Motor Wars uh, from the Rockstar like Smuggler Run release notes. Uh, it says, quote, blending the adrenaline rush of drop zone with the claustrophobic tension of a match of penned in. This brutal adversary mode is a deadly scavenger hunt where second place is not an option. Up to four teams parachute into a periodically shrinking box strewn with a lethal, uh, oh, kill box, excuse me, strewn with a lethal assortment of guns, explosive, and weaponized vehicles. Work together, find a vehicle, and fight opposing teams in the shrinking map to survive and win. So... It's, uh, it was only a matter of time. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised I didn't think that it would be GTA to be the first one to jump in the ring. I, like, I've never played GTA Online, um, but the sense I get is that everybody loves it and also hates it, kind of the way Thompson feels about League. I don't know, man. I mean, it's got a huge community. Like, people, like, that game is still on the bestseller list, like, almost every month, and it's not because people are playing the campaign over and All over right. again, you know? Here's here's a new feature I want to bring into the Slack cast. Or not the Slack cast, the video games pals. I'm you like, literally have done that three times now. I, when it's just me and you, that's where I go, man. <laughs> um, a new feature for the video games pals. We'll have Andy's Corner, which every week will just be one segment. How is GTA V still selling? Who hasn't bought GTA V at this point? <laughs> Um, visual joke that uh those of you who are not me just missed andy's sister laura is in the background playing legend of zelda and she just raised her hand <laughs> she has now given me a thumbs up i don't know like this is cool it the mode has some like something special going on there like it's a way of playing multiplayer games that like people like now and oh everybody you mean like this kind of gameplay yeah the like battle royale kind of deal yeah, it's like it's clearly got legs and it makes sense to put it in GTA 5. Yeah, I mean, there's a thriving community there. Like, why not? Right. But at the same time, holy shit. If this nonsense comes to Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, yeah, me too. I really don't want there to be a Red Dead online, but I feel like it's kind of inevitable. Yeah, I mean, especially because GTA 5 online prints money. Yeah, right. They're making money hand over fist, and it's like they can wait another five years before they put out GTA 6 and make another jillion dollars, put up another online thing, and just ride this ride all fucking over again, you know? Yep, but I, I feel like there's a bubble that's going to pop eventually. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's when they just put out the next fucking game, you know? That's true. Like, why? Like, wait until the first three month period where you don't actually appear in the top 10 best selling games list, which, like, has to happen eventually, right? And then when that finally happens, be like, okay, announce GTA 6. I think the thing is at this point, um, and what I'm hoping Rockstar's thinking right now, is that because of the way GTA 5 is printing money for online with the shark cards and the whatever their currency is. Yeah, yeah. And people have sunk so much money into that game. And time. And time. And it's like, you don't want to put out like red dead 2 and have people that played gta 5 like have a huge advantage over people sure but at the same time if you put like 500 dollars and 2000 hours into gta online you're gonna feel entitled to something i could see them giving them some kind of like cosmetic thing maybe some kind of emblem like something similar to the what like destiny 1 players will be getting in destiny 2 kind of thing you know Just being like hey thanks for being part of the ecosystem maybe but like what i'm hoping is that like red dead online doesn't happen because of that and they just you know gta 5 yeah. keeps getting updates there's obviously different teams working on the two games sure yeah and maybe just focus on like first player dlc you know single player dlc for red dead oh yeah i'd be about that i would hope so anyway that would be great um i will say just to give the qualifier here uh it's worth noting that motor wars sounds like it's definitely more focused on like vehicular combat than uh, Battlegrounds, which makes sense because I think shooting has always kind of been the weakness of Rockstar's games. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, the fact that there's only four teams means that, like, matches will probably be a lot quicker than 45 minutes of, like, crouching around and running around in fields and stuff, you know? So um, that should be interesting. Uh, I'm, and it's out right now. So 
I'm definitely interesting to see or interested to see like how people feel about it. So if any of you are out there play GTA online and, and you've checked this out, please write in and let us know what you're thinking about it. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Uh, so this next one is uh, pretty it's pretty interesting. And I, I think like there's definitely going to be some more hurt feelings about Nintendo here. Um, they've announced the end of the Miiverse. So Nintendo's announced that the uh, the social networking service and dank meme factory that is the meme ver- the Miiverse. I almost said Memeverse, excuse me. It basically uh, is though. Yeah, uh, is going to be closing up shop on Wednesday, November 8th at 1 a.m. Eastern Time. So uh, mark that on your calendar if you're a Miiverse user. Uh, if you d- if you are someone who's on Miiverse a lot and you want to go to the web version of Miiverse, you can save all the content that you've uh, created on Miiverse before it's taken offline. We've linked uh, down below to a post from Nintendo that gives you a little bit more information about how you can do that uh, easily and quickly. So um, you can go save all your stuff. But... Um, it's worth noting that several games are going to have like key features removed for Wii U owners because of the uh, closing of Miiverse, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I just I want to read this list and give you guys an update on on what's going on here. This comes from Polygon. Um, actually, who is it? Allegra Frank over on on Polygon, who uh writes here and um she's got the list here that says okay, so Mario Kart Eight, right? No more uh, tournaments in Mario Kart Eight on Wii U. Once Miiverse is gone, and players will also not be able to share gameplay videos to YouTube because that was all connected through uh, Miiverse, which is uh, a shame. Uh, for Splatoon, this is probably the most um, significant change. Is uh, you know, if you're a Splatoon player or Splatoon two, you'll know that um, you know a big part of Splatoon is having uh, the players' drawings come up above them when you see them in Nicopolis. So that will uh, no longer be a feature in Splatoon. Um, which is, you know, really kind of crazy because that was such a big, like, popular thing in the original Splatoon that, like, Nintendo made a Miiverse, like, clone specifically for Splatoon 2 so people could do that. Uh, then for Super Mario 3D World, uh, it's a really small thing, but posts would appear on the core select screen, so that's that's not going to be there anymore. Um, for Mario Maker, um, now you're not going to be able to comment on shared levels anymore, which is, like, that was a pretty big part of the game's, you know, appeal was being able to like have that communication with the community and um you know especially for like let's plays and stuff like that people got a lot of uh you know mileage out of that so that's pretty unfortunate um it's worth noting that the nintendo 3ds version of mario maker never had it so it won't be losing it uh then for smash bros the miiverse stage is now just going to be blank i guess i i'm sure it'll still be there but um yeah, I guess it's just you're fucked. And same deal with being able to capture videos. You're not going to be able to um, share your Smash 4 highlights to YouTube anymore. And then Xenoblade's Chronicle, Xenoblade Chronicles X uh, Blade Report feature is going to be gone. So if you're playing this, um, it says, hmm, I don't know, actually. It doesn't really say what that does in the article. So I don't know. If you're playing Xenoblade Chronicles X, apparently the Blade Report feature is going to be gone. So I don't know what that means, but good luck. Uh, and then there's another, like, there's a bunch of other games that will be affected in less serious ways. Uh, and there's a list on Nintendo's customer support website, which is linked in the Polygon article. So you can check that out if you're uh, interested. But um, I gotta say, man, this kind of sucks. It really does. I don't really care about this. This doesn't affect me, but it feels like a big fuck you to Wii U owners, you know? I don't know, man. It's like, it just feels like, how much effort, how many resources is it really taking for Nintendo to keep Miiverse up? Um... Probably not a lot, but I like, I anecdotally, and I think from stuff I've seen on the internet, most of the Wii U owner base is on the Switch now. And like, mm. if you're not, this might be like the kick in the ass you need to get on it for That's a good point. Mario Odyssey. Yeah, and I, I totally get, I totally get Nintendo wanting to just, you know, kind of shuffle that audience over as much as they can. Yeah, um, for sure. But I don't know, man. I think this is a bummer. I thought Miiverse was weird and goofy, but also really fun. You know, I think it was a very appropriate Nintendo approach to, like, social media and sharing content with people. It's not great that they're shutting it down, but it's not the end of the world, you know? No. Every online service has an expiration date. Sure. And, you know, it's been going for, like, five years. Yeah, and it's, so. it's like, admirable, kind of, that they supported it this long. Yeah, yeah. So, again, you know, if you've got your content on there, make sure you jump on before November when it comes down, uh, November 8th at 1 a.m. So, enjoy your Miiverse memes while you can, everybody. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving into happy Nintendo news now. 
Yeah, so speaking of Nintendo, uh, we got the announcement that a ton of really exciting indie games are coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2018 by way of Nintendo's latest Nindies, Nindies, excuse me, showcase. Um, So we'll link to a full list of the trailers which have been compiled by Polygon in the description down below. Uh, We'll also link to the actual, you know, Nintendo showcase itself if you want to go check it out. But um, we're just going to point out a few highlights because there's like a ton of games here. Most of them are really cool looking. But um, I, I'm just calling out a few that are exciting to us specifically. So uh, the only Switch exclusive on the list is a new entry in the No More Heroes series, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, which um, was kind of teased back at that Switch announcement thing, like back in, uh, what was that, March, I guess? Yeah. Oh, no, that was when it came out. Um, it's, it's worth noting that it's not the only Switch exclusive. Oh, really? What was the other one? Golf Story. Oh, right, right. I forgot about Golf Story. Yeah. Sorry about that. There's, okay, uh... yeah, so there's... Two Switch exclusives. I want to talk about Golf Story after you get through the stuff you've um, prepped, because it looks really sure, cool. Sure. Well, let's just talk about it now. Okay. There's, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, golf Story is a a golf-based RPG, which, if you know me and Pete, you know me and Pete love Steven Universe. Yeah. And if you love Steven Universe, a golf RPG will, like, hit you right at Rose's room. <laughs> And it obviously won't be uh, Project Flog, because that was Final Fantasy VII, but about golf. But it does look like the next best thing, and that makes me really happy. Oh my god, yeah. I'm I'm definitely interested in picking that up. Um, that's that's like a very Pete game, yep. you know? So I, I, yeah, I'm totally into that. Um, yeah, and again, it's super worth noting that I did not highlight that because I'm not interested. It's just, like, there are so many cool games on this list. Oh, yeah. We could do a whole episode about it, you know? Um, there's another game coming out that I want to, like, shout out to Thompson, who can't be here today. But Thompson is definitely going to buy a Wolverblade. Oh, yeah. Looks like a very Thompson game. It's a old-school arcade beat-em-up about the Roman army taking over Britain. So, basically a uh, Thompson wishlist game. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Um, But yeah, so then the next one I had listed was a sequel to one of my favorite platformers of all time, Super Meat Boy Forever, which uh, looks fresh to death. I can't fucking wait for that game. Uh, I played a ton of that shit on my Vita, and I'm gonna play a ton of this shit on my Switch. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be so hard. Oh my god, yeah. Like, there will be blood, there will be meat, there will be tears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get got the uh, announcement of the next Shovel Knight story DLC, which is Shovel Knight King of Cards. So that's going to be the King Knight series, along with the announcement of a pack of fucking Shovel Knight Amiibo. And I am so excited. Fuck yeah. Uh, you kids and your Amiibos. I'm going to put him right on the wall, right next to Shovel Knight. He's right here. Look at him. He's so cute. He is pretty cute. And then finally, this is one that I know you're going to be excited about, which is Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, which is going to be the final chapter of Kentucky Route Zero, which is one of Andy's all-time favorite story games it's coming true. to PC. And then this full TV edition, which is just the whole game for consoles. Yeah, and it's like, it's legit that they're putting out the whole thing for consoles. It's like kind of surprising. Yeah. Like I was really not expecting it to come out on consoles. And the fact that they're just like, yeah, no, it's coming out simultaneously on PC and consoles all at once. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, like they've been setting up the, uh, they have con- they've had controller support for like two years now. So it like, it makes sense that they're doing it. I'd have been mad if they did it before they finished it. But it like, as a, like when it finishes, we're releasing a full package for consoles makes sense. Um, there's a couple more games I wanted to call, um attention to in this Nindies showcase. Yeah, do your thing. Battle Chef Brigade looks awesome. It looks like a sort of two-part game where you play a chef who goes out and hunts down monsters in a old-school side-scroll and beat them up like Super Nintendo action platformer kind of deal. And then you play like, I don't know, it looked like Bejeweled or something, some kind of like casual puzzle game to cook the monsters you get and then impress the judges. What part of that doesn't sound fun? Yeah, no, it like it looks particularly stupid, but not as stupid as Sausage Sports Club, which is like, oh my god, it's so cute looking. What if instead of a fighting game, Gang Beast was a floppy animal sports game? It's like, yep, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I'm so in. I'm in for like 90% of these games to be honest with you. Yeah. It like it's a good time to have a Switch. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you think about like 
how many more things we have coming out in the next couple months, uh, even year, in terms of like the, you know, quote unquote AAA Nintendo stuff. Um, yeah, oh my god, we have really, really a lot of, a lot to look forward to. Oh yeah. Alright, so keeping in trend with Andy Brown-centric news, we got an update on the release of Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, so those of you who don't know, it's the latest, uh, you know, Muso in the, um, what is it? God, what are the, what are the real games called? Uh, Dynasty um, Warriors. Dynasty Warriors, yeah. In the Dynasty Warriors series, second one that they've done with Nintendo after Hyrule Warriors. Um, so the game is coming to Switch on October 20th, and they also announced a special edition version of the game, which includes three CDs, a poster, and 25 character art cards. Uh, no price or pre-order information is available yet. Um, and we don't know if this is going to apply to the 3DS version, if this is the same release date, if it's going to get its own special edition. But uh, so, Andy's Wallet. This is an audio podcast, so you can't see me trying to stare into Nintendo's soul. <laughs> we have a Facebook group where we post the news. And I'm going to quote my Facebook post after Pete posted this thing and tag me in it because he's a monster. Yep. God damn it. I don't even want this fucking game, but I'm going to pre-order it now because you put the words Fire Emblem next to the word Special Edition and it's like, I have to. It's like, uh, what you say? You said, uh, it's like, it's like be- hearing the words fucking Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the game looks fine. I just don't have the time in my life for, uh fucking $60 Dynasty Warriors game right now, Fire Emblem or not. Sure. sure. And it's like, I'm really torn now. I'm like Natalie Ambruglia. <laughs> Did you actually pre-order it yet? Or? No, I don't think I'm gonna. Like, I everything in me wants to, but the fact that I don't want the game... But don't you want that sweet poster, Andy? You just moved to a new place. No. <laughs> I might get the Chrome Amiibo they just announced, though. Alright, we'll see. Yeah. I'm like, I'm controlling myself. I'm trying. I'm trying. Respect, respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, don't pre-order your emblem. <laughs> Alright, so coming hot off of the announcement of a new bundle for PSVR that includes the uh, required PlayStation camera, which basically means we're getting a $60 price cut for PSVR, Sony has announced the first PSVR-compatible title to come to PS+. Plus. So Riggs Mechanized Combat League, which is uh, like a sports game that has everybody playing in these giant mechs and a bunch of different kind of match types, uh, is the first game that requires a PSVR headset to play um, for a PS Plus title. So there are two other PS4 games that don't require VR. So if you're, you know, a PS Plus owner, you don't have VR, you're not like getting screwed out of one of your games. You can still pick up Infamous Second Stun or uh, Strike Vector EX or X. I'm not really sure. Um, in September. But uh, this is pretty interesting. I'm I'm wondering if this is going to be signifying another, like, push. You know, another wave, as it were, uh, for PSVR. Because this is kind of, we're coming up on the one-year point almost. And, um, you know, I feel like they've done pretty well. They've sold a good amount of units. There's, you know, games to talk about. Um, probably not as many as there should be. But uh, I'm wondering if maybe... You know, this is where we're going to get kind of that next big batch of games like Resident Evil or, you know, um, like Batman, Arkham VR and the Battlefront X-Wing stuff, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, we had a fun time with VR when it came out. Yeah, yeah. And I know you don't, like, use it a ton, but I'm sure you still get some use out of it. Yeah, like, there are definitely a few other games I still want to pick up that I just haven't really gotten around to. And if they start giving me a game a month, that would definitely incentivize me to spend some more time with it, you know? Oh, for sure, for sure. Especially Riggs. That's a game I wanted at launch and I just never got. Oh, well, there you go. Patience is a virtue. Absolutely. Do you ever, like, use the VR headset as a, uh, like, a giant TV? Because I know you can do, like, the theater mode. Yeah, you can. I don't. uh, I, I, like, definitely find the unit to be uh, more comfortable than most other VR headsets, but it's not the kind of thing that I want to wear, like, just to wear it, you know? Like, it's definitely not a better experience than just watching a television for my money because, like, it's a fucking thing on your face. It, it definitely, like, makes you tired in my experience. It's kind of, like, not a strain on your eyes, but your eyes are definitely working a lot harder to have something so complex so close to your face. Oh, for sure, yeah. 
and um it's hot you get vr face you know or it's like <laughs> your bo- goggles are fog up and stuff it's like if if you're playing vr it's worth playing vr but if you're just sitting around trying to like kick it and watch youtube videos or play a game that you can just play on your television like that's way more comfortable for my money you mean you don't want to watch donkey videos in full vr pete <laughs> no i don't need to feel like i'm that close to donkey's videos <laughs> <laughs> I can reach out and touch the YouTube. Pete, you reach out and touch YouTube every day. Aw, that's really sweet. With the the power of kindness in your heart and the passion you have for the medium. <laughs> that's that was that was really sincerely sweet, Andy. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome, buddy. <laughs> I just like I gotta build up nice points so I can say something really mean at some point today. Yeah, you got you banked one up now, I guess. Yeah. It's like people won't think I'm a monster. And leave us comments telling me to stop being mean to you. Stop picking on Pete! That's why I love you, Kitty Call Me Cat. I miss you. And you, since you've retired from YouTube, but you were my, like, my knight in shining armor. She retired? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she retired to spend more time with her kids. So, you know, yeah. good reason. Good for her, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know she had kids. Holy shit. Yeah, I know, right? I thought um, she was, like, yeah. 21. Uh, She's, like... 22 or 23 oh she's wow. like but she's like has a family but yeah so um you can go check out that video if you're interested but this next piece of news um is interesting well it's a little disappointing but i i know you and thompson were really hype on um the final fantasy pocket edition 15 pocket edition me and thompson saying i will play the first free episode of final fantasy pocket edition does not equate to me and Thompson being hype for the pocket edition. Oh, that's fair. I guess hype is the wrong word. You were both, like, morbidly curious in it. Yes. You know, like, what does this mean? This is really cool, um, potentially. So we got the first 20 minutes of it released at PAX, and uh, it's trash because the intro doesn't have Stand By Me in it. So pour one out for Noctis. I refuse to play Nocturu. Done dirty. Nocturu! <laughs> My man Prompto. Does Prompto still take pictures? I don't know. That's the best part of the game. So all they showed was they showed the first 20 minutes, and it's, like, literally, like, when we did our Let's Play of it, it's basically that Let's Play. Like, it's the first, you know, opening sequence of them on the side of the road, them pushing the car, them meeting um, Cindy, and then going on that first, like, hunt. Okay. And, I mean, it looks... It looks interesting, like, I guess. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how the gameplay is going to be, you know? Like, it looks like it's just going to be a lot of tapping, and that's, I don't know if I'm going to be interested in doing that. Now that the game's in the news again, it forces me to ask for the thousandth time, why is her name Cindy and not Sydney? I don't know. It's just like, everything's dumb. Because her grandpa had to be Sid. Fuck you, Squeenix. I don't know why they didn't just call her Sydney and then just call her Sid. That would have been way better. Yeah, that's like, that's what she is in Japan, too. Really? Yeah, they changed it for the localization. That's dumb. Yep. I didn't know that. (sighs) Alright, well, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, like, I'm still gonna try out the first episode, but I gotta say, man, I'm pretty disappointed about not having that, uh, that moment. You know, that soundtrack is like, that's a huge... Yeah. Like you said it last episode, it's like, that that game, like, rides off that intro for, like, hours of your love. Yeah, it's like, you hope throughout the game that it's gonna hit that peak again, and it, like, it really doesn't. And it's, no. It's not all downhill from there, but it definitely puts its best foot forward. Oh my god, yeah, in such a big way. And it's like, um, that's cool, though, that it, like, it works to build that bond that carries the story right off the bat. Totally. But also... No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll update you guys when it comes out. Okay, so for the last item on the news list, it's uh, we're getting an update about some major changes coming to League of Legends, which is going to take us into our meat and potatoes. But um, I'm just going to read the article I found from Rift Herald, who uh, it's a League of Legends site um, that I, I check out every once in a while for the news. Uh, this article comes from Julia Lee. It's not very long. I'm just going to read this for you guys so you can um, get their perspective on it. And then we'll talk about it um, in our main discussion here. So um, Julia writes, In the latest installment of Riot Please, lead producer Riot New 001 talked about some huge changes coming in the preseason. We already know about the runes rework, which uh, we briefly mentioned a bit um, anecdotally a few episodes ago. But Andy knows all about that. He'll talk about that in the main section. Um, But he also mentioned that League will no longer have a level cap. 
So players will now be able to level up past 30 and get rewards at scale with their level. So every time you level, you're going to receive a capsule filled with champion shards and blue essence, which will be replacing IP, um, which is really interesting. And then at higher levels, you might even get gemstones or rare emotes. So levels were, you know, um, kind of obsolete in League of Legends past the early levels, seeing how they had no influence on your games later other than unlocking ranked at level 30, which is still the case. And uh, now you'll be rewarded with people. Um, oh, you now you'll be rewarded, and people will easily be able to tell what a boss you are at the game. Kind of. League is far from the first to use this system, which we see similarly similarly in Heroes of the Storm and Overwatch. Though the capsule rewards from leveling won't grant skin shards, it'll be nice to have some extra blue essence for incoming changes. So thank you very much, Julia. You can check out her article in the description down below. Uh, give her a click because I'm sure that's how she pays the bills. All right. So, moving into our meat and potatoes, how do we feel about this stuff? Does any of it matter? What do we think this is going to mean for uh, League of Legends moving forward? Um, I think the the rune changes are the thing that's going to really matter. Um, everything else is kind of fuzz around the outside of actually playing the game. It's combining redundant systems, making things feel more rewarding, but basically be the same. Yeah. And that's fine. That's cool. That's like good and meaningful work. That is like it's great to see a game that's seven years old at this point learning from things that iterated on its system and did it better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's like able to stay relevant, you know? Yeah. But like that's that stuff's big and it's mostly noise. I don't think that matters, but I think the runes are really cool. So yeah, why don't you just explain that real quick for those who might not All right, know? So in League right now um every match you go into you bring a rune page and a masteries page uh the rune page is just flat stats you buy that with ip influence points the currency you earn by playing the game which is they they stuff they said they're going to be replacing with blue essence in this update yes yeah yeah so you buy your runes you set up your page and that just gives you stats um sometimes it's a bunch of armor right at the beginning of the game sometimes it's scaling attack damage sometimes it's life steal there's like a lot of different runes and then there's masteries, which are way more interesting and still pretty complex. You get like a mastery tree and you pick a bunch of unique things. Yeah, and you get points every time you level up up until 30 where you get your max tree. Up until 30, yeah, you build out your whole tree. But um, you get a keystone mastery, which is like super strong and like builds your gameplay around it to an extent. Like there's one Courage of the Colossus where every time you CC an enemy champion, you get a shield that's equal to 5% of your max health for every enemy champ around. So, like, if you hit a stun in a teamfight, you're getting an extra quarter of your health as a free shield. Right. There's things like Deathfire Grasp, where every time you do magic damage, you do more magic damage as a DOT. Right, and there's stuff that's, like, you know, huge for, like, support characters, like, you know, that'll give you passive gold generation because you're not getting creeps, yeah. or stuff that'll increase your mana regeneration, or stuff like that. But, so, Riot is combining those two systems into Runes Reforged, they're calling it, and making, um, since it's going to be one thing, and you'll have less choices in the Rune Tree, I think you're only picking, uh... 10 instead of 30 or maybe it's four actually or six not not four um it's somewhere in the like six to ten range instead of 30 points in stuff right and because it's combining that it's like they're putting a lot of power into these runes and a lot of cool situational stuff yeah and it's cool because the whole thing that i think always made that system feel a little unfair was that um not only were runes a little bit more uh they fluctuated a lot. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like there are, there are a few kind of, like, depending on what you're playing, you play, you use these masteries, you know? And it, they were pretty easy to, like, you know, figure yeah. out what you needed based on what role you were playing. Whereas, like, runes, there's a lot more variation depending on what champion you're actually playing. And that was the kind of thing that, like, had a little bit more of a barrier of entry to newer players. And then the fact that you had to spend IP on them, you know, it kind of, I think anyway, dissuaded players who are more casual from actually learning how runes worked because they'd rather buy new champions and get a, more oh, ways to play yeah. the game. Like, I have f three rune pages I switch between, and it's like, that's all I need. I'm, like, not great at the game. And I'm sure that my not being interested in the metagame shenanigans outside of actually playing the game is part of it. Yeah, I think that's true, though. But, like, that's not a thing you should have to do. You shouldn't be, like, spending your IP 
and like having to like read guides on what the maximum builds are you know what yeah. i mean like I, this this streamlines that in such a major way and like all of the stuff they've previewed is really cool too like um there's one that's a not even a keystone mastery it's called channel blink where when your flash is on cooldown it replaces it with a flash that's on a two and a half second channel so how does that work um so like you use flash and it goes on cooldown right while your flash is on cooldown it's a 20 second cooldown i think for the channel blink but while your flash is cooling down you can instead of just like instantaneously flashing channel for two seconds and then flash oh okay okay i'm sorry yeah i misunderstood that makes sense yeah but it's, that's really cool it's like you know you're say you're a jungler um and you're gonna come in and gank mid lane but your flash is down because you just flash ganked bot lane you come in you take your raptors you think okay i'm in good health i'm gonna tell my mid laner to like shove them in or let them push while i channel this flash and then all of a sudden you know i'm in the lane right yeah yeah, that gives you a lot of options. It creates a lot of options. Um, there's one called, I think, Ultimore that gives you a ton of cooldown reduction on just your ult. Mm, wow. Yeah. There's some champions where that could be really brutal. Yeah, it's like, you see that on, like, two ends of the scale. There's champs like Karthus, who, you know, their ult's on a really long cooldown, so every 1% of CDR they get helps. Or... You get champs like Lux who can take it and like ultimately your ult gets up to I think 65% CDR. Yeah. And so having that on Lux gets it to the point where if you open with it, you might be able to ult twice in one fight. Wow, oh my god. Yeah, because like I think you can get her CDR. I think her ult gets down to like 25 or 20 seconds when you max out CDR. Yeah, you max CDR, give her more CDR, get a kill on it, which gives you back a bunch of cooldown yeah so then you could you could probably get it down to like 15 seconds yeah and like that could be God. fucking dumb yeah dude um and like for like mundo too like that could be huge because you could pop that like twice in a long fight and just be a wall forever i don't want to talk about mundo oh <laughs> i'm so excited yeah these these are gonna be great like, these all seem really fun they're um they're interesting which i think is the the thing Riot's realizing and working with, and that's really cool, is that it's not, you know, we're just going to stack numbers on things. Right, it's, yeah, it, it, it's meaningful change. Yeah, we're going to give you actual things that you can work with and change your gameplay around versus, well, now you just do more damage. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, like, I know um, it's superficial stuff, but uh, if you're if you're done talking about the gameplay stuff, I really like these changes to the loot system, too. Oh yeah, I love them. I think it makes it feel a lot better. And, you know, this all remains to be seen in play, of course. But, like, I think it's, it's all good. I think putting things in capsules, letting you sort of Overwatch level forever is smart. I think that's a great idea because, I mean, like, frankly, I've been at level 30 for, like, five years. Yep. And, like, the fact that I can level up... Because, like, I like the loot system in, in League a lot, but my problem with it is it feels very random. You know, like, you're not rewarded consistently, it doesn't feel like. And maybe I just don't understand the intricacies of it. But it's not like you get a thing every time you win a game, you know? Or every time you get, an, you know, a certain thing on your team or whatever. Like, I guess every time you get an S, you get you get something, sure. But, like, it doesn't feel very consistent. And the idea that, like, even if you lose a game, you're still going to get EXP and keep leveling and be like working towards something is like really rewarding oh yeah you know? absolutely so that you don't have to like get on a uh, a bad losing streak and have that feeling of just like fuck I'm, I'm wasting my time fuck i'm getting 17 ip a game yeah right exactly um and again like the fact that they're kind of combining the loot with the ip system i think is smart i because i feel like you never have enough blue essence when you need it so the fact that you'll get it just for playing, I think, is a really good idea. And um, getting more champion shards is great, too, because leveling up, being a longtime player and not even having 10% of all the champions, like, getting more champion shards is going to probably unlock me more characters, you know? Yep. And that's cool. Like, they said in the blog post that uh, Rift Herald was reporting on? Yes. Yeah. Some uh, Something along the lines of, like, basically the only way this is going to negatively impact your, like, growth rate is if 
you're a high-level player already and you play a lot. Right. Because they're putting, like, more meaning into first win. Hmm, okay. Still, I mean, you know. Yeah, like, I'm okay yeah. with it. It'll be good for people like us. Um, did they say what's going to happen to your IP? Is it all just going to get turned into blue essence, like, if you have IP? Yeah, I think it's just going to get rolled over into cool. blue. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, do you have any other final thoughts on this before we wrap this up? I really like League. It's It's good to see the game keep growing. It's good to see people that, like, we've been telling to play League forever finally start playing League. Yeah. Oh, my God. Friend of the show, Mike McMahon. We finally roped him in. We got it. He did the tutorials, and he likes it so far. I mean, I, I love League. You know, League is, League is one of my favorite games of all time, and I think even if I ever came to a point where I stopped playing it, the fact that I can look back and say that I've played this game for almost a decade of my life, like... There's no other game that I've played that consistently for that long except for competitive Pokemon. And that doesn't even count because it's like a meta game that's existed across like, you know, three entries in the time I've been playing League of Legends. Fuck, man. So, you know, um, yeah, like I remember us having this conversation a couple years ago, actually, about uh, esports and like the longevity of League. And if we thought we would, it would still be around by season eight or season nine or season 10. And I mean, it shows no signs of slowing down, really. You know, so um, I'm glad to see Riot keep kind of evolving the game and not only just like the gameplay, but also how to keep players like us who've been around since season two or season three or season one in some cases uh, around and interested and engaged in, you know, a game that we still love to play, you know, and reward us for playing it. Mm hmm. So that's going to wrap it up for the conversation here on uh, episode 19 of the Video Game Pals. Remember that if... 53 of the Slack cast. Yeah. Uh, so remember, if you guys want to write in, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Write us in with your random questions of the week, your buy or sells, your thoughts on any of the stuff we talked about this week. Um, or no, whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. You got an idea for a main topic? Just write in. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. It's, it's really fun when we get reader mail. Um, so please, write in. Uh, you want to connect with us on social media. Again, that's at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Find out about all the stuff we've got going on here at the Comics Pals uh, network. And while you're at it, check out the Comics Pals if you don't. It's a good show. I'm on it. I like it. If you read comics, it's good stuff. Synergy. Um, yeah, synergy. Plugs. And then uh, if you're on YouTube, like the video, share it with a friend, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you stick around uh, in the next two weeks. I'm going to put it out there. We've got some really hot new stuff coming out that we'll be talking about maybe in the next episode of the show. So get over there, subscribe to the channel, uh, share it all around, help us out, get the word out. But we've got new shit coming on YouTube. And uh, if you're an audio listener, like us on your platform of choice, bounce over to iTunes, give us a sweet five-star rating if you think we've earned it. Um, we want to get into that six-star echelon, so help us get there. We want to be the first six-star rated podcast in the history of the world. A sweet five-star rating would be great, but we'll also accept a spicy five-star rating if that's more of your speed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fine. We're not we're not judgy about uh, our flavor profiles. <laughs> I mean, Thompson might be. That seems like a thing Thompson would be a little judgy about. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and then, you know, if you want to follow us on social media or whatever, that's all on the bottom, you know, along with the news items and all that stuff. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode of the con yeah. the video game, pals. Wrong show. <laughs> the wrong show, pals. <laughs> the guys can't remember the name of the show they are on, pals. We'll see you next week. <laughs>